Okay, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So good to be here this morning, and uh, I'm so glad to have this opportunity to once again, to once again uh, go through this message. Hallelujah. Such a vital part of the salvation plan. It's absolutely paramount. Uh, today on this tape, uh, we're going to be talking about baptism in Jesus' name. There's no other way other than the specifically the name of Jesus Christ to find salvation. You cannot find it any other way. The Bible says, as we're going to see in Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We're going to talk in depth about that today. And uh, I want to tell you, uh, first and foremost, before we get started, those, those that are listening by tape, I want you to stop right now, and I want you to make certain that you have a King James Bible, not a new King James Bible, but the old, just regular old King James Bible. It's very important that you have the right Bible. Listen, all these newfangled Bibles that they're coming out with are a bunch of nonsense. You need to stay away from that mess. You need to stay with a Bible that has, has a proven track record, praise God, and, and there's a reason why they're trying to do away with the King James Bible. And, uh, and so many people say, well, it's so hard to understand. No, it's not hard to understand. What you need is the Holy Ghost. You need, to, you need to study it. The Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So many people uh, are getting away from that. And I tell you, there's with every translation that they have that I have seen come down the pike, there are changes. Sometimes they're so subtle that you really don't notice them unless you're very uh, well read in the Bible or unless you're really watching for it. Uh, and just the most minute little changes sometimes change the meaning of the Bible. And, uh, and that's a whole other sermon in and of itself. So I won't go into that. But, uh, but I do want you to get a King James Bible before you go any further. And also, want to let you know, listen, this is not something if you're driving down the road or something like that, that's fine. Listen to it. But make sure you go back through this. Really put your eyes on the Word. I don't want you to ever take my Word for it or anybody else's Word for that matter. I want you to put your eyes on the Word of God. I want you to take a look at this and be very diligent in your, uh, in your study of this, I want you to see it clearly. And, uh, and we're going to pray here in just a second that the Holy Ghost will just reveal this and bring it to your understanding. But I want you to make certain that you put your eyes on the Word of God as we go through this. And if you need to stop the tape several times through it as you study and ponder it, please do so. I want you to see it clearly. I want you to see it clearly. Listen, it's not only important that you know this yourself. But it's important that you know it to the extent that you can teach it because this is paramount. It's absolutely mandatory. Uh, it's mandatory in the plan of salvation. You cannot make it without this part of it right here. You cannot make it without this. You've got to be baptized in the name of of Jesus Christ. It's not in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Those are titles. Those are not names. We're going to look at that here in just a minute. But it's very, 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 very important that you know the man, it's mandatory that you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ specifically. Okay, so we're going to go here in just a moment. Uh, uh, before we do that, I want to just pray. Lord, 
I ask you right now, Jesus, to just open up understanding, God. Open our understanding to this word. Lord, I pray that you would anoint, oh God, these lips of clay. Anoint me, Jesus, to deliver this word this morning. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would, uh, Lord, help me, oh God, I pray to, to, to preach this word with precision. God, let the Holy Ghost minister through me. Let the anointing come forth in your word, God, and let it, Lord, I, I let the anointing go forth with each one of these tapes, Father. Lord, as they go forth, I pray, God, that that anointing would just take the understanding of your word with this message. And, Lord, I pray, God, that you would anoint those that listen, God, to Lord, to uh, understand it, to receive it. Oh, God, let it find a lodging place within their heart. And, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just open their understanding Oh, God, to the importance and significance, oh, God, of this important plan of salvation. God, I pray, Jesus, that you would minister to each and every person listening to these tapes and that here's this message. Help them, oh, God, I pray, to be sensitive to the wooing of the Holy Ghost. Lord, if they've not been baptized in your precious name, I pray, God, that you would help them to be sensitive to the calling and help them to follow through with that. God, and not only that, but to take this message to others that they come in contact with and help them, Lord, to spread this word. Word, God, in Jesus' mighty name I pray, and I thank you for it. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. All right, well, let's get started. It's uh, quite, a bit of, uh, quite a bit of study here. Quite a, it's quite a bit of uh, 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 scripture and things to, to cover, so we're going to get started. First of all, I want you to turn with me to the book of 1 John. 1 John 5 and 7. 1 John chapter 5. Verse 7, let's start right there, and, uh, and while you're turning there, I want to tell you, this is a scripture some people like the Trinitarian doctrine people, the people of the Trinitarian doctrine like to push this aside, they like to say, well, this scripture shouldn't be in the Bible. Well, you know, uh, the Bible works in perfect harmony throughout its pages from beginning to end. There's no discrepancies in the Word of God. If there were, the whole Bible would be a lie, but there are none. The Bible tells us clearly that uh, all Scripture was given by the inspiration, praise God, of the Holy Ghost. And so, uh, and so we, we, we stand on that. We stand on that Word, praise God, and we know that it was the inspired Word of God. Hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah. And so uh, uh, we, don't, we don't question the Word of God. It's there. We know it's there for a reason. Hallelujah. And it's all put there by the, the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. All right. Now. 1 John 5, 7 says this, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Now, I want you to understand something this morning. Before you can understand baptism and the power in the name of Jesus, where the most powerful thing in the Word of God is the name of Jesus. It's the most powerful thing in the Word of God. The Bible tells us, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Now listen to that. It says, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus. Okay, now listen to this. Now, before you can really understand the baptism in Jesus' name, you must first understand that there's only one God. There's not three gods. There's not three persons in the Godhead. There is three, there's three spirits there, but they're, they're one God. They're one Lord. The Bible says there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, 
and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Okay, there's no three. They're one. Now, notice here it called Jesus the Word. It called him the Word here, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. All right, now keep that in mind, and let's go through. The Bible said rightly dividing the Word of Truth. So let's go through, let's go over here to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, which is in the, uh, the fourth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Let's turn over there to the Gospel of John. All right, now, in the very first chapter, the very first verse, it says, In the beginning was the Word. In the very beginning. In the beginning was the Word. Now, remember, it called Jesus the Word over there in 1 John 5, 7. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. It called Jesus the Word there. And here it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Notice here that there are, there are two things uh, uh, capitalized here. The Word is capitalized, and God is capitalized in the King James Version. Notice that. Okay, now, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. All right, go down to verse, uh, uh, go down here to uh, uh, verse 4. It says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Okay, understand this. Now, there's so many messages there, but we're not going to get sidetracked on those today. Notice here it says, in him was the life. Where's the life at? The Bible tells us the life is in the blood. The life is in the blood. The Bible says here, it's calling Jesus the Word. It says, in him was the life. Hallelujah. In him was the life. The life is in the blood. Hallelujah. All right, going down here to verse 10. It says, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Now, when he, came, when he came into the world here, the Bible says he was in the world. The world was made by him. The Bible says without him was not anything made that was made. And so we know that Jesus was there in the beginning. He's been there all along. He's been there from the beginning. And he says the Bible says that to all things were made by him. And the Bible tells us here that he came into the world. He says, and the world knew him not. He made all things. He created all things. But the world knew him not. Why did they not know him? Well, because uh, they were looking for something different. They were looking for somebody dressed in dripping in gold and, and somebody that would look like uh, their idea of a king. And, uh, and he did not fit their description of a king. You know, sometimes we make up in our mind just by, uh, just by this or that what somebody should look like. And, uh, and sometimes, uh, how many of you know that, uh, that most of the time we're wrong? If you ever listen to somebody, talk to them a lot before you meet them, and then, you, man, the next thing you know, you, you form a picture in your mind of what they're going to look like, but you know, just about every time you're wrong, and they're way different than what you thought. Well, you draw your own conclusions, and here they had drawn a conclusion too of what their Messiah should look like to fit their, or meet their standards. And so, uh, when he showed up and he didn't fit their uh, uh, their appearance standards, uh, then uh, they just uh, they just uh, pushed him aside as being a, uh, an imposter. 
And they, they did not understand who he really was. And so uh, that he wasn't dripping in gold, and, and, uh, and they probably figured he wouldn't even touch the ground. They probably figured that, uh, you know, he certainly would never hang with sinners or, or go and be in the company of sinners or, or, or fellowship with people that uh, were sick and those type of things. But, you know, that's what he came for. He came to give life uh, to that which was dead. He came to raise the dead. He came to heal the sick. He came uh, to restore those things that the thief had stolen and, and things like that. So uh, they, they just had themselves confused. They didn't understand. And so they didn't accept him. He was in the world. The world was made by him. And the world knew him not. Then you go on down there to verse 14. And it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Praise God. He was made flesh. Praise God. Now, also, over there in John 3, 13, just a couple of pages over there, or next page in some Bibles, but a couple of pages over, it says that, listen to this. Now, it says, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. So understand this. Jesus is God. There is no three. He is the only. The Bible says he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, and so I want you to understand that uh, as we go through the Scripture today and as we go through this message. You have to first understand that there is not three entities. You have to understand Jesus is God. And, uh, and, so, and, and sometimes that's hard for people to really get a hold on because it talks so much in the Bible about Jesus as he talked to the Father and things like that. that was the, there was half of Jesus that was flesh. That's the half that came from Mary, and it had to be that way. And, uh, and the other side was all God. There's part of me that's like my mother. There's part of me that's like my father because I am a combination of both of their DNAs. But... The Lord, uh, uh, God, came down and robed himself in flesh through Mary. And it had to be that way because that's where sin began. It began back in the, in the Garden of Eden with the woman who was in the transgression. And then Adam followed suit. And so sin came on all men through that. That's a different message altogether. I won't get off on that. But... God will always return to the scene of the crime to make a correction. He will correct it back at the very beginning of it. And then he will go on forth from there. And so sin had to be corrected from that very point. So it had to come through, he had to come through a woman. He had to be born of a woman. And God, uh, God was manifest in the flesh at that point. And, uh, and so that part that prayed to God, that was the flesh side of Jesus praying to the Spirit. He was actually praying to the Spirit in himself, which was walking in heavenly places. A whole other message there together too. But, uh, and, and, that, uh, and we have lots and lots of tapes. And so uh, throughout this, I may be mentioning other tapes that you might want to call and, or get in contact with us, and we can try to get those to you. Uh, so please don't hesitate to call us. I know there's a lot of messages that I have that apply uh, to different parts of this scripture. So anyway, be glad to get those to you if you'll just contact us. Anyway, I want to tell you as well that uh, uh, here how significant and important the name of Jesus is. Is all right now. Let's go to the where the Trinitarians always, uh, uh, and there's a lot of Trinitarian doctrine out there. But listen, I'm not here to talk about anybody. I don't care nothing about talking about folks. But I do make lots of comparisons uh, comparisons to the Trinitarian doctrine because it is a false doctrine. It's a doctrine that's been adapted all the way back from the Treaty of Nicaea. 
and, uh, and it was not the doctrine of the apostles. Nowhere in the, in, the, in the apostles' doctrines, which is the Acts in the New Testament things, did they follow a Trinitarian doctrine where there would be three. The word Trinitarian or the word Trinity is not in the Bible. It's not in any manuscript anywhere on this planet. Unless it's a, 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 a manuscript of the Catholicism or Catholic churches and things like that have probably put some of that stuff in their doctrines, uh, the Roman Catholic doctrine and stuff like that. But it certainly is not the doctrine of the apostles. And the Bible tells us that if we are an angel from heaven come preaching any other gospel than that we have preached, let him be accursed. These are the apostles talking about this. This is Paul saying this. And so you need to understand that, uh, listen, I don't care what man says. If it's not the apostles' doctrine, if it's not the doctrine that they preached, then you need to get rid of it because it's not effective and it's, it's leaven in your lump, in other words. And the Bible tells us to purge out the old leaven. So anyway, all right. Now, the, the chapter that... Uh, and the reason that so many people in these Trinitarian churches, uh, they, they call this the Great Commission, and they don't, uh, they don't ever go to Mark 16, 15, which is what I preach as the Great Commission. Both of these are the Great Commission, but they don't preach it with understanding. And so when Jesus told them, when Jesus told them this, uh, uh, we're, we're getting ready to get to it here, uh, they did not understand what it meant. And here in 28:19 of Matthew, turn there to Matthew 28 chapter 28 verse 19. Jesus told him here before he got ready to uh, to ascend to heaven, he told him he said, "Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost." Praise God, and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Praise God. What a wonderful scripture. But I want you to notice here, uh, I want you to notice here uh, something. You need to look close at the word of God. Hallelujah. That, that here in where it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son. Okay, let's take a look at that. Now, what you need to do when you first look at the scripture is you need to start thinking with a renewed mind. You need to start thinking in Bible. You need to think in Scripture. And so don't just read through something and take it for face value. You need to stop and meditate upon the Word. Let the Holy Ghost reveal this Word to you. And as we look at this, now listen, it says, what did he tell them to do here? He said, I want you to go forth. He said, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Praise God. That's, one of our, that's our job. We're to go teach all nations. And he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son. Okay, people blow right past that. But he didn't tell them to go baptize in the Father and Son and the Holy Ghost. He told them to go and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. It wasn't a plural. It wasn't names, but it was name. The word came from onama, which means specifically a name. Now, that particular that particular word is 214 times in the Bible, onama, which means names, singular, not names, but singular, a name. He said, go ye therefore baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, 
One name that means all three. It wasn't three separate names. It was one name. Okay, so when he says what you, what you really need to look at there is you need to stop that when you're reading it. And what would have covered it would have said, look, go ye therefore teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name. Praise God. That's what he was telling them, in the name. That was the significant word in that scripture. But people have gone away from that, and they've gone to the titles. Okay, so when they baptize people, they say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. No, what you're doing is you're not doing what he said to do. You're repeating what he said to do. You're not doing what he said to do. He said to go baptizing in the name. But what you're doing is repeating what he said. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. No, because see, listen, the devil wants you to believe that because, listen, the Bible tells us that the devils believe and tremble. They tremble. The Bible tells us that at the name, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Praise God. At the name, hallelujah. So you need to see that. That's in Philippians 2.10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, in earth, and under the earth. So the power is in the name. Well, you need to find out what the name of God is. You need to find out what the name of the Father, because he told you to baptize in the name of the Father. Okay, well, let's find out what the name of the Father is. Let's take a look and see. Okay, the Bible says, the Bible says here that I and my Father are one. In John 10, 30, I and my Father are one. Let's look at what the name of the Father is. The Bible says in, in uh, John 5 and 43, I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. The Bible says, John 10, 30, I and my Father are one. Listen, the apostles knew the name of the Father because he told them. He told them. The Bible says over in John 17, 26, he said, I have declared unto them thy name. I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it. Praise God. So the name of the Father is Jesus. I am come in my Father's name. Praise God. All right, well... Let's take a look. What's the name of the son? Well, the Bible says it's the name of the son. You shall bring forth the son. You shall call his name Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us that he was given a more excellent name, a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. And we know the scripture. Now, okay, what's the name of the Holy Ghost? The Bible tells us over in John 14, 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. John 14, 26. Praise God. Everything in the name of Jesus. Now, who was he talking to here? He was talking to his disciples in 28, 19 when he said, Go and baptizing in the name of of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That's the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to take a look here at, uh, uh, at some other things. Now, over in, uh, over in uh, Matthew, listen, there were two that were handpicked by Jesus himself. There were two that were handpicked by Jesus. Can you think of who they are right offhand? There were two. 
One was Peter. One was Peter. And he told Peter, he said, listen, he said, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And Peter said, thou art, Peter immediately spoke up. Peter was a very uh, boisterous type person. He was very vocal. He was one of the first to step in. And, and I believe in my heart, I believe that's why Jesus gave him the keys. He was the first one that Jesus chose. Praise God, he was the first one to surrender himself uh, when he gave the Lord the, the opportunity to preach in his boat. To, and he pushed it off of the shore there. When, when He was the first one to submit himself when God said, Hey, go on out there and cast out after fishing all night. Go on out there and cast out and uh, on the other side of the boat. And he did. And, uh, and he submitted. He said, Well, he said, I've been fishing all night. But but at thy word, I will. So he went out and God filled him up. And, and so even, even though that he was tired and all that, he was a hard worker. Uh, the Lord knew that, listen, I can do something with that. When you have a heart, a willing heart, a willing mind, uh, praise God, then uh, to go against what you think and listen to the voice of God, God can use you mightily. Now, here when he said, Peter, whom do men say? He said to his apostles, he said, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, well, some say thou art Elias. Some say thou art John the Baptist. And he said, yeah, he said, but whom say ye that I am? And Peter immediately spoke up and he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, well, he said, listen. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but God, my Father in heaven. He's, what's, he's the one that revealed this to you. And he said, uh, he declared him Peter. He said, Peter, he said, thou art Peter. He said, Simon, thou art Peter. He said, upon this rock, Peter means the rock. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he said, I will give thee the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now understand, church, uh, there are many, many keys to the kingdom of God. One of the biggest and most important keys in the whole Bible, praise God, is, is baptism in the name of Jesus. That's what this tape is today. This is an anointed key, praise God, that opens your understanding to this scripture. Listen, you can hear a message uh, preached and preached and preached, uh, but you know what? Uh, there's a lot of people that have had had the Trinitarian doctrine preached to him for many years. I was one of them as a young child, but I want you to understand something this morning. When If, if you've got something that's not a revealed word, I'm going to steal it from you because there's only one thing in the kingdom of God that cannot be stolen from you, and that's the revealed word of God. And once it's revealed, you can't argue with the written word of God. It's forever settled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will not pass away. Praise God. Now, Peter understood who Jesus was. And so the Lord said, hey, I'm going to give to thee the keys to the kingdom. And he said, I will build my church. He said, Upon that rock, he would build his church. He built the church beginning with Peter. Peter was the one that began the church, and it happened on the day of Pentecost. Peter understood who Jesus was. He knew who he was. So over in, the, in 28, 19, when Jesus told his disciples, including Peter, he said, go baptizing in the name. They understood who he was. They understood who the name was. And the very first message that was preached 
on the day of Pentecost, not many days past there, the very first message that was preached on the day of Pentecost, he said he was talking to all the people down below the upper room where the Holy Ghost had been poured out. There's another thing that you need. You need the baptism in Jesus' name, and you must be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. You must have the Holy Ghost. And so uh, that's a completely different message, but you must, and they go hand in hand, but it's a different message than this today. Uh, and I would encourage you to get uh, the tape. Uh, if you're listening by tape, I would encourage you to get the tape. Uh, in the Spirit, you need it. That's the name of the tape, uh, and you can contact us, and I'll give you some contact information uh, on the jacket of the tape as well as, uh, as at the end of the tape I will give you some contact information. Many, many different sermons that you can apply to this that are, that are very, very good sermons from the Lord. Anyway, okay, so anyway, he said that uh, you need to, uh, uh, he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and, and, uh, and he said, upon this rock I will build my church. Now, on the day of Pentecost, he was standing down below the upper room and, and he was talking to a multitude of people about 3,000 strong. They were the people, many of those folks were there during the time that they crucified Jesus and Peter was preaching a message to them and he said, look, he said, y'all crucified, you crucified the, the king and we tried to tell you it was him, but you didn't listen. You wouldn't listen to us. And so when they heard this, uh, they were, the Bible says they were pricked in their hearts. Man, it touched something deep down inside of them. Remember, by this time, many of these people standing in the courtyard had seen Jesus alive again. They'd seen him after he came out of the tomb. He was seen by many people. And so understand that, uh, man, that a lot of these people were already really dealing with some, some burdened hearts. That, man, we've made a grave mistake here. Many people understood from the moment he breathed his last breath and said it is finished. Man, when the clouds turned dark, the Bible says that the, the, the sky, the sun was darkened for three hours from three to six. And, uh, uh, man, he said, hey, that kind of stuff going on right there, let a lot of people, all those people knew it right there that were there that, oh, man, this is bad. We've done the wrong thing here and so these people that were in the courtyard there below the upper room Peter was preaching to the Bible says when they heard this they were pricked in their hearts now turn with me to Acts chapter 2 verse 38 and 39 now here's Peter who the Lord just a few days before that, just a short time before that, said, Look, go teaching all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. This is the same man that Jesus himself handpicked, gave the keys to the kingdom to. And, he, and he, the very first message that he preached was on the day of Pentecost. The very first message he preached. He goes out there and they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? When the Bible says they were pricked in their heart, these people want to know what do we need to do to make it right? What do we need to do to make this right? And so Peter, the very first message he preached, listen to what he said in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. He said, repent. Look at that with me there. He said, repent and be baptized Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Church, folks listening by tape, listen. I want you to understand Peter knew what Jesus told him. Peter understood what Jesus said when he said, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost. He knew the name. Jesus asked him, who do you say that I am? Peter gave the answer that got him the keys to the kingdom. The Bible also says just prior to this that Jesus, before this took place, the Bible says, and he opened their understanding. The Bible tells us that he opened the understanding that they might understand the word of God. He opened, opened he their understanding that they might understand it. And so they understood, they had a complete a complete understanding before this day of Pentecost took place. He opened their understanding to the word. They had a complete understanding. And so he was not up there preaching something he knew nothing about. God opened his understanding. Praise God. He had just received the Holy Ghost. Praise God, which is the revelator, the revealer of the word. And God had opened his understanding. Jesus opened his understanding. And then he preached the word. Let me tell you, there's a big, big difference in preaching, preaching a, a, a message, praise God, or preaching, trying to preach the word and preaching a word from understanding. There's a big, big difference. There's lots of, being, there's lots of messages being preached out there in this modern-day time, but very few are being preached out there with the understanding that's given by the Holy Ghost. This is a revealed word right here, folks. This is a revealed word, and you cannot argue with it. I think you're already beginning to see it. For those of you that don't understand it, I think you're already starting to see it a little more clearly. Hang with me. You'll even understand it further shortly. Now, Peter, if he had been preaching a message that was against what Jesus just told him, understand, this was the beginning of the church. This was the beginning of the church. So, man, there was no room for error here. And Jesus never had any problem rebuking Peter. One time he even said he called him Satan. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. When he said, listen, I'm going to have to die. And Peter said, no, no way. You don't have to, you have to kill me first. And, and the Lord said, get behind me. He said, listen, you don't know what's going on with me. He never had any problem rebuking Peter. But Peter understood Peter understood and had Peter been making a mistake on the day of Pentecost the Lord certainly would have come and made a correction right there remember the rest of the apostles who also had an understanding they were all there as well the Bible says there were 3,000 baptized that day and added to the church that day added to the kingdom praise God listen if, 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 any, if there was any mistakes made, they would have been corrected right there. There were no mistakes made, church. There was no mistakes made there that day. And it took all those apostles to baptize. Uh, uh, I, I would just about to uh, tell you it took all those apostles to baptize 3,000 people. Uh, I've been baptizing folks for a long time, and I'm going to tell you, 3,000 folks is a lot of people to baptize in a day. But praise God, it said that they baptized 3,000 that day. Hallelujah. And so uh, 3,000 were added that day. Hallelujah. Now, let's go on a little further. Now, <laughs> people that have been baptized in the titles, in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, understand this. Listen, 
I am a father. I'm also a son. And I also am many other things. But I only have one given name. See, there's only one name. Now, there is, there is three that bear record in heaven, Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, but these three are one. There's three offices there, but only one name and only one person. The Bible tells us there's only one throne in heaven and one that sat upon the throne. Now, understand as well, listen, there was never, there was never, uh, 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 any other way that the disciples baptized, you look at the book of Acts. This is the acts of the apostles. These are the actions of the apostles. They are the ones that got the doctrine that we preach. That's where we get the, the, the word apostolic. When you see churches that are called apostolic churches, uh, they are supposed to be uh, churches that uh, follow the doctrine of the apostles. That's where we get the name apostolic. Now, so many, so many people have even taken that too far, and, uh, and they go too far. You can stray to the right. Or the left, but the Bible tells us not to stray to the right or the left. Straying to the right is adding to God's word, and straying to the left is taking away from God's word. And so you don't want to do it either way. You don't want to add to or take it away. God put the boundary right where he wanted it. Amen. Now, okay, no time can you show me in the word of God where anybody baptized in any other way in the apostles than the name of Jesus or Jesus Christ uh, but uh, now, now Paul, I mean not Paul, but uh, John the Baptist, John the Baptist baptized, uh, he baptized unto repentance, uh, which was just to prepare people for uh, the way of the Lord. It was a baptism and a submersion there where John would baptize them unto a uh, committal or baptize them unto an oath to prepare themselves, and it was unto repentance. What that word repentance means is to stop, Turn about and go the other way. Repentance means stop, turn about, and go the other way. Now, <laughs> this, was the, this was what John's mission was, was to prepare the way of the Lord. And so he would go to people and say, listen, the Messiah is on the way. And before he gets here, I want you to stop what you're doing. I want you to turn, and I want you to commit to go the other way and, and push away your sins and start trying to live a righteous life. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Praise God. He's saying, listen, prepare your hearts to receive him. Prepare your minds. Prepare your lives to be a testament to praise God of his goodness and, and a testament of your preparedness for his arrival and so you need to stop what you're doing and I'm going to baptize you uh, uh, praise God unto a commitment it was a baptism a baptism unto repentance and so it was their committing it was their commitment they were making a commitment in baptism uh, praise God and, and, and so the baptism now is different than that still a commitment but John's baptism was barely, uh, as Paul said here, we're going to look at in just a minute, it was a baptism unto repentance, which was a commitment to change, preparing the way of the Lord who was on the way. Now, okay, the other person we were talking about earlier that Jesus handpicked, we know Paul is the second one. 
Paul, who was the greatest apostle that ever lived, probably one of the most horrific torturers of Christians in that day, people that followed the name of Jesus, people that were people of the name, which is what they were called. They were called people of the name. I want you to know something today. I'm still called a person of the name. Praise the Lord. The Bible doesn't say anything about being called by a church name. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not Baptist. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm all those things because the Bible tells me I am not because man tells me that I am. I'm Baptist because I baptize people. That's what makes you Baptist, not a name of a church, an organization or anything. We're not an organization. We're an organism in the body of Christ. I'm Church of Christ because we're church. We're the church. I serve Christ. We're Church of God because we're the church. We serve God. We're, we're assemblies of God because the Bible tells us in Hebrews eleven twenty five, forsaking not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is, exhorting one another even so much the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, Jehovah's Witness, I'm a Jehovah's Witness because I witness for the Lord God Jehovah. Every time I get a chance, praise God, let me start with you. Hallelujah. See, man has taken those things and made organizations out of them. But you're not those things because man tells you that you are. You're those things if you're truly surrendered to God because the Bible tells you that's what you are. Praise the Lord. And so we don't use that to divide ourselves. We just stick with the unadulterated Word of God, and we preach what the apostles preach because they preach what Jesus preached. Hallelujah. And that's what we hold on to. We hold fast to the right. Praise God. Now, Paul, who was also handpicked by Jesus and turned to be the greatest apostle that ever lived, saw things could not even be uttered. He was so anointed that they took pieces of his clothing and went and healed people and raised the dead. That's what kind of anointing Paul had. Listen, church, the proof is in the pudding. Hallelujah. There will be signs following you if you've got it right. If you don't have it right, you may have a big congregation. You may have lots of people in your church. You may have lots of money flowing through your pockets. You may be one rich preacher. But let me tell you something. You might be rich in this world, but I tell you, what I got, you can't buy with money. What I got is a, is a gift. What I have is given by God. It's an anointing, praise the Lord. It's a revelation. And I'd I wouldn't trade the understanding of the Word of God for no amount of money ever been printed on this planet. Hallelujah. There are to be signs following you. We're going to look at that here in just a minute. If you've got the truth, there's going to be some signs following. So you need to check the fruit. Check the signs following. That's what you need to check. Not how much money a person's got in the bank, how much money's coming into the ministry because the Bible says that the devil has power. Uh, praise God. I mean, listen, the Bible says that uh, the devil uh, uh, had the ability to give even Jesus as he was on the pinnacle. He said, it has given me the power to give you these things, including all the riches of the world. And so we know that the enemy uses money <laughs> uh, every day. Paul here was talking to see in, in chapter 19. Turn there to chapter 19. The Bible says he was talking in verse 1 through about 6, I think. He's talking to uh, the, uh, some, some people that had come, uh, that had, he passed along the way, and he said, hey, he said, listen, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, well, we've not even heard that there be any such thing as the Holy Ghost. Well, immediately Paul knew that something was wrong here because the Bible says over in, in uh, Acts 2.38, it says, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you. It's, it's a Holy Spirit of promise there. And so he said they didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. 
first question out of his mouth then was, under what then were you baptized? And they said, well, uh, under John's baptism. I'm sure they were all real proud of that because John was pretty famous in that area as being a baptizer, a submerser. That word baptism, that word baptist means to submerse. So he was John the submerser. There's no little sprinkling involved in here. Baptism is a burial. It's a burial rite. Praise God. It's a ritual of burial, of burial with Jesus in baptism. Now, <laughs> okay, so... Paul says, listen, <laughs> under what were you baptized? They said Paul's ba uh, John's baptism. He said, well, John verily baptized unto repentance, saying to the people, even he's saying, even John himself said unto the people that there's one coming after me uh, 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 whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. And he said, listen, he said, you must believe on him. He was telling them, that's what John told you. And he said, and so when they heard this, the Bible says they were rebaptized. They were baptized in the name of Jesus. See, once Jesus went to the cross, that's when it became necessary to be baptized in his name. What happens there in baptism is you are buried with him in baptism and you rise in newness of life. That water signifies the blood. That's where you take on and apply the blood. People say we're saved by grace through faith. Yes, we are. You're saved by the grace that he gave us at the cross. He was graceful. He was, gave us grace to, to go all the way and suffer even unto death for our uh, uh, remission of sins. But... It's not an automatic thing. You must enter into that covenant. He said, I will make with him a new covenant in that day. And so you must enter into that covenant. It's just not an automatic covenant that he just throws on you. You must participate in there too. You must put your uh, uh, name on the dotted line, so to speak. You must enter into that covenant by your submission. You repent, which means to stop and turn about. And you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Remember, now there's a message that you need to get a hold of. It's called from betrothal to marriage you must get this tape this talks about the wedding ceremony the marriage which takes place the actual marriage takes place here in the waters of baptism and you must get that message to clearly understand that it's a wonderful revelation from the Lord not because I preached it but because the Lord gave it to me and it's just a, really an, an, an awakening praise God but anyway when listen any time that you marry the bride takes on the name of the husband. Now, I'm not talking about this nonsense and foolishness in America. I'm not talking about that where women want to take their own name. They want to keep their own name. They want to be the man. They want to wear the pants in the family and all this kind of stuff. I'm talking about how God created it and God made it. That's what we stick with. I don't go with all this nonsense and all this newfangled, new wave stuff. That's not, it's not the order of God. It's not the will of God. He made it like he intended it. Now, listen. Understand, when you go down in the waters of baptism, we are the bride of Christ. You take on the name of Jesus. The Bible says, for as many as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Praise the Lord. So uh, you, you robe yourself in his name then. You take on his name. Now, it's, and also understand, without that name, the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, praise God, of sins, Hebrews 9.22. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. So to remit means to take away, remove, and put away from you. It's uh, to remove your sins. So you must have your sins remitted. 
That's what takes place in the name of Jesus. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Understand this, church. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus to remit the sins that have taken place in your past. The Bible says that he hath, so far hath he removed our sins, he's removed them as far as the east is from the west and cast them in the sea of forgetfulness. That takes place in the waters of baptism. Listen, there's going to be many, many people that stand before the Lord in that day. The Bible says there will be many that say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not do many miraculous works? And he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Many of those people that are going to say that, they had some power. Yeah, they may have got the Holy Ghost because you can have the Holy Ghost without, without being baptized in Jesus' name. But you cannot get remission of sins without it because it took blood to, to cover sin from the very beginning. In the very beginning, the very first sin that took place, uh, there had to be blood shed to cover it. The Lord said he killed uh, animals and took their skins and made them a covering. That's the covering that he made there was not only to cover their nakedness that had been revealed, but to cover their sin that had been committed. They had gone against what the Lord had said. There was only one law. Of all the trees of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the, of the tree that's in the midst of the garden thou may not eat of it. For in the day thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And the one thing that he told them they couldn't do, they did. Because of that it took blood to cover it. And from that point forth it took blood. And the Lord finally brought the once and for all sin atonement. The blood of the sacrificial lamb, praise God, that was sinless spotless hallelujah and because of his sinless life because of his spotless sacrifice praise god the purity and power in his blood is the only thing that is significant to cover your sin stained past now the bible says that we are to call, listen, let me give you some scriptures, Acts 10, 48. Here's where Peter was talking to a few people that had the Holy Ghost, but they'd not been baptized in Jesus' name. And he said, and he commanded them, they said, the apostles said, look, hey, uh, can, can we forbid these water that have the Holy Ghost as well as we, because they heard them speak with other tongues? And he said, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. He didn't ask them to. He didn't suggest it. He commanded that they'd be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him there tarried certain days. All right. Acts 19, 19, 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise God. In the Bible, uh, uh, and, and all these are scriptures talking about the name. Okay. Now, let's see here. Okay, Acts twenty two sixteen. Now, here's another scripture, and he says, And now why tarriest thou arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord? This is in baptism. Praise God. Now, Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's talking specifically about baptism. Don't think for one minute that you can not be baptized in Jesus' name, not have the Holy Ghost, you can live any kind of way, and that if you're on the way to a car wreck or you're fixing to be executed, and you just say, hey, I'm going to call on them, oh, Lord Jesus, and think you're going to be saved. No, no, no. You need to understand what the Word's talking about. That's talking about in the name, in the name of Jesus. That's talking about baptism right there. 
Colossians 3.17. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Now, all right, listen, James 5.14 tells us that to, to anoint in the name of the Lord. There's where the power is. Everything in the name of the Lord. Whatsoever you do, word or deed, everything must be done in the name of Jesus. When you pray, you say, oh, God, or Lord, I, Lord Jesus, I pray. And, and, and you know, uh, some people say, well, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't end the prayer in the name of Jesus. You need to always end your prayer in the name of Jesus because it's the seal. Listen, he said, whatsoever you do in word or deed. Do it all in the name of Jesus. You need to make sure that you speak the name of Jesus because that's where the power is. Hallelujah. All right, now, okay. There's so many. There's a whole other scripture, too, that talks about the name, and, and that's another message, too, that you need to get because I don't want to uh, get too far off in, into that message there uh, because it, it just for time's sake. Now, <laughs> Praise God. The Bible tells us he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved over in Mark 16. Listen, the Bible tells us here after Paul baptized, he rebaptized all those people in Acts 19. He rebaptized them. They were all rebaptized in the name of Jesus right there on the spot. He baptized every one of them. And then the Bible says when he laid hands on them, they all were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues and prophesy as the Spirit gave the utterance. Let me give you just a short side note here. Don't ever follow anybody that says that you can just speak in tongues anytime you want to or that tries to tell you, hey, speak in tongues or somebody tries to tell you, okay, let's pray in tongues. That's a bunch of garbage. I'm going to tell you right now. The Bible says as the Spirit gives the utterance, you cannot turn on the Holy Ghost. Now, you can turn off the Holy Ghost. The Bible says you can quench the Spirit, but you can't turn on the Holy Ghost. The Spirit, a lot of people say, well, the Spirit, the Bible says that the Spirit's subject to the prophet. Listen, the only thing that the Spirit's subject to with the prophet is the he can quench the Spirit. He can feel after the Spirit. But you know what, what that's talking about there is, listen, the Holy Ghost is not going to overpower you and, and, and control you. You're going to have to surrender to it. The Spirit is subject to the prophet's surrender or submission or will to, to adhere or listening to the wooing of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit is not subject to you turning it on and off. You don't turn the Holy Ghost on. You don't turn the Holy Ghost on. Listen, you don't move the Spirit. The Spirit moves you. So make, get that very clear in your minds today. There's many charismatic movements out there that will try to teach you how to speak in tongues and try to tell you how to speak in tongues and all this kind of stuff. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. It's a gift of God, and let me tell you something. It's as the Spirit gives the utterance. You don't need man to teach you nothing about speaking in tongues other than what the Word of God tells us. Hallelujah. You don't. People will try to get you tongue-tied and everything else. Stay away from that mess. There's no power in it. And you just check the fruit. Check the fruit as we're fixing to look at. Paul rebaptized those people in the name of Jesus. He rebaptized them. Why? Because it was necessary. You may have been baptized in the, in the titles, in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. If you have been, you must be rebaptized in the name of Jesus. You must 
have the name of Jesus called over you. And I'm speaking in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, you must be baptized in Jesus' name. The Bible tells us over in Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any others. Talking specifically about the name of Jesus. It said, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's Bible, Acts 4.12. Read from 10 to 12, 4.10 to 12 there, and you'll see. There's none other name. It's talking about the name given among men under heaven whereby we absolutely must be saved. We must be saved. All right, now, <laughs> okay, let's look, at, let's look at the Great Commission that uh, the Trinitarians don't ever like to look at this. Now, it says basically it's the... It's, it's the same thing Jesus told them over in Acts 28, I mean over in Matthew 28, 19, but you will never hear a Trinitarian preacher preach or, or any kind of preacher that preaches a Trinitarian doctrine. You will never hear them go to this scripture when they're talking about the Great Commission. They always use 28, 19 because they like the titles. They like to think there's three entities and there's not. They like to think that, that what was said in Matthew 28, 19, they like to think it's different there than what was said in, in Mark 16, 15. But let's, let's look at Mark 16, 15. Turn there with me. Mark chapter 16, starting through 15. I mean, starting on in verse 15. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Is it necessary to be baptized? You better believe it is. He said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. I've heard people say things about, well, it didn't say nothing about baptism right there where it's being damned. Listen, if you believe, you will be baptized. You can't tell me you believe if you're not moving. A lot of people like to say how they believe in the Lord, believe on the Lord and be saved. Well, that's, that's all nice, well, and good. But let me tell you something. If you believe in Jesus, you're going to have that healthy fear of the Lord. You're going to search these scriptures. You're going to find out what it takes to please Him. If you don't have a fear of the Lord... Man, you're, you, you don't have a chance because the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. There's another tape that you must have. It's called scared straight. I tell you, fear works, church, and you need to have a fear of God, and he commands it. Many, 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 many scriptures command that you fear God. If you don't fear him, you won't follow him. Now, we follow him out of love, but we obey him out of fear. Praise God. Now, all right, now listen. And he said unto them, Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. In other words, they won't be baptized, and they don't, they don't believe. They won't be baptized either. And listen, he says, And these signs, oh, here's the key, And these signs shall follow them that believe. If you believe... There's going to be signs following you that show that you believe. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. 
They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, listen. I, I know there's churches out there that, that, that try to take this to the extreme and play with snakes. That's, that is not wise, and that's not Bible. They are taking that little, that what it's talking about, that shall take up serpents. It's not talking about taking up uh, devils, I mean taking up uh, uh, snakes and playing with rattlesnakes. And It's not talking about drinking poison, uh, going out there and, and pouring you a glass of strychnine and drinking it just to prove, just to prove you can do it. I believe that, uh, listen, uh, th through the Bible there were instances where that took place. Uh, Paul took up a snake one time and when he had to and it, and it latched on his hand and hung there. But you know the Bible tells us that it didn't, it didn't kill him. He he shook it off in the fire. There was another time where the water was made poisonous and the Lord cleared it and, 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 and straightened out the water. And it didn't kill them and, and all sorts of things. I believe with all my heart that, uh, praise God, if, if I needed to, if a snake come up in this congregation, I believe that I could reach down there and put that snake on out of here. But it's talking about the enemy there. It's not just talking about snakes. It's not talking about rattlesnakes. It's talking about the enemy. And I believe that God gives you the power and the Holy Ghost to take up those uh, 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 things that are hindering you and to put them away from you. And that if, if you drink any deadly thing or if somebody uh, if something like that came against you, that he gives you the power to overcome that. Yes, I do. But the Bible also tells us when the devil said, hey, uh, cast thyself down from here. He said, uh, cast thyself down from here, for it is written that uh, the Lord shall send his angels and bear thee up, lest at any time thou should dash thy foot against a stone. And the Lord said, uh, uh, it is also written, he said, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So I'm not going to tempt the Lord my God by bringing some snakes in here to see whether or not he's going to uh, <laughs> carry me through that. All right, now, <laughs> here we know that Paul rebaptized them. And they were, uh, and they they received the Holy Ghost. Praise God, just like He said that they would. Hallelujah! Because the Word of God is true. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to also understand something too. Let me tell you a little story here. I have a pastor friend of mine. This is a dear dear friend of mine. I consider him to be my pastor, Brother Bain, in Tennessee. Love him dearly. Great confidant and and uh, just a great great man of God. And he, he was telling me a story one day. He said, he said, man, he said he was walking through a graveyard. And he said he, he, said he looked and he seen, he, he, he was looking over and looked at the gravestones. I like to do that sometimes myself when I'm at a funeral or something. I like to sometimes just walk through and look at gravestones. And, or if I'm visiting somebody's grave, I'll go through the graveyard and kind of look around. And he said he looked over and he saw his gravestone that just said Father on it. And he said, kind of struck him strange, you know, Father. He said, huh, wasn't no name on it or nothing. And he said, man, it's just like the Lord tapped him on the shoulder and said, the children knows. And it just light just went off in his head. And, you know, listen, this is the same thing that happened to the disciples. Listen, you know, my father died many years ago. He's buried in Zavala, Texas. And, and you know what? I know where his tombstone is. I know where he's buried. And I wouldn't need his name on the tombstone because... He's my father. I knew his name. I knew who he was, knew what he liked, knew what he didn't like. I knew what he liked to eat, what he didn't like to eat. I knew the things he liked to do, knew the things he didn't like to do. I knew what kind of person he was. I knew what he stood for, what he stood against. I knew everything about my father because he was my father. And, you know, just as that tombstone was in that, in that yard, it didn't need it. The children of that father 
that said he was a father, and that means he had children. And I guarantee you his children know his name. They know when he was born. They knew when he died. They knew everything about him because they were his children. He loved them, and they loved him. And it was the same thing with the apostles. When he said go baptizing in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, they were his children. They knew their father's name. They knew who he was. They knew all about him. Praise God. The Bible tells us over in Zechariah 14, 9, that there's one Lord and his name is one. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now I want to ask you another question here. Uh, and kind of, I'm kind of backtracking a little bit here, but I want to make sure you get this. The Bible tells us, listen, let's just use some logic here. If there is a child that's conceived, then of, the, of, of a man and a woman, whose child is it? Well, it's the, it's the father's child. It belongs to the father. Well, the Bible tells us, listen, if there were three separate entities, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, if there were three separate persons here, the Bible tells us that Mary conceived of the Holy Ghost. So if there were three separate entities, over in Matthew, I think it's 120, I think it is, uh, uh, but it, let me see here, uh, I believe it's Matthew 120. Uh, yeah, Matthew 120. And the Bible tells us that she, was, she conceived of the Holy Ghost. If she conceived of the Holy Ghost and there were three separate entities, three separate persons, then wouldn't Jesus not be the Son of God? Wouldn't he be the Son of the Holy Ghost? Yes. But you see, they are one. They're not three separate entities. There are just one. Now, church, it's so vitally important that you really get a clear understanding of this and that you follow through it. Praise God, you follow through with baptism in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, the Lord is the only way, is the only way to salvation. The Bible says that there's no, there's, there's no salvation in any other. Hallelujah. Now, let's see. All right, the Bible tells us over in Colossians 2.12, Buried with him in baptism, wherein do also ye are risen with him through the faith and the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Praise God. Know ye not that as many of you were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Praise the Lord. Now, the Bible tells us that there's only one baptism. There's no two or three different forms of baptism. It says there's only one Lord over in Ephesians 4, 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. That's Ephesians 4, 5. There's only one type of baptism. There's only one form of baptism. There's only one, one Lord. And there's only one faith. There's not. I've heard people say before. There's a, a, a spokes of the wheel theory. There's a, a, we're all heading for the same place. We're just going different ways. No, no, no. There's only one way. The Bible said. He said, "I am the door." He said, "I am the door." If any man climb up any other way, he's a thief and a robber. He said, "I am the door." You must enter in by him. You must come through the name of Jesus. Period. There is no other. There is no other name. Hallelujah. Now, if you go back into church history, there's a dictionary of the Bible by Scribner's in page 241, volume 1. The original former words were in the name of Jesus Christ or the Lord Jesus. Baptism of the Trinity was later development developed by those around the Treaty of Nicaea. Now, Cheney Encyclopedia. 
The early church always baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus until the development of the Trinity, the Trinity, and afterwards they were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Ghost, and that was a Trinitarian thing, as I said before. Now, Britannica Encyclopedia, the triune or Trinity formula was not uniformly used from the beginning up until the third century, which is 300 years. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ only was so widespread that the Pope Stephen, in opposition to St. Cyprian, said that baptism in the name of Christ was valid. But the Catholic missionaries, uh, by omitting one or more persons that they said in the Trinity, uh, that uh, it, was not, uh, it was not valid. So anyway, all that took place 300 years. For 300 years after, after uh, uh, the, the, the ascension of the Lord, 300 years after he left, uh, there was only baptism in the name of Jesus Christ or in the name of the Lord Jesus. That was how they baptized Church, there's so much here. There's so much, folks on the tape, there's just so much to this. And there's so many messages that tie in with this that uh, uh, there's so much that, uh, that you need to know and understand. But it, it would just take, it would take days for me to go through all this. Uh, but I wanted to have something that was relatively uh, short that you could come to and and uh, and Paul also look at here Paul was baptized in the name of the Lord in Acts 2 uh, 22 16 uh, praise God as I said before uh, 19 1 through 6 they were rebaptized under Paul who the Lord who the Lord uh, handpicked and so there's just so many scriptures here that uh, identify with baptism in the name of Jesus Christ specifically. There was no other way. There was no other form of baptism, uh, folks, for uh, during that time. There was no other uh, way that they baptized, and you can't find it. No one can find it anywhere in the Word of God where they baptized any other way. Listen, Jesus had a specific formula. There's things that you must have in order to make it to heaven, that are just the very first essentials. Now, understand, there's much to this. There's a, lot of, there's a lot to your walk with God. Do not just stop at baptism in the name of Jesus and, 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 uh, and being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Now, remember over there in, uh, uh, in John 3, 5, says that uh, uh, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, uh, he cannot enter in to the kingdom of God. And so you must, uh, you must remember that th these things are necessary, but that's not all that's necessary. You must also, you must also uh, follow through and follow the Lord. I mean, you must also go through with, uh, uh, with the rest of your walk with God. You must, people say you're saved by uh, grace through faith. Yes, you are. But you need to rightly divide the word of truth. The Bible also tells us that uh, that word faith right there, what it's talking about, listen, you can't tell me that it, the Bible, people say, well, you're not saved by works. Yes, you are saved by works. Yes, you are because it's part of your walk. You have to have works. The Bible says uh, that without, without uh, you show me faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. Uh, praise God. And so you have to understand that, uh, that there's a job you must do. You cannot just, uh, you cannot take what Jesus did at Calvary for granted and just, ex and just expect that to get you home. Uh, no, you got a job to do. You need to stop, turn about, go the other way, start following God, study to show thyself approved. Uh, you need to learn of him as he said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He said, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of 
of me. He tells you to learn. You must know him, know of him, and you must carry this word. You must minister to people. You must grow closer yourself. You must grow stronger and higher and deeper yourself in the word of God, and you must lead others to him as well. God expects you to move. You must have works. Listen, if you want to know, if you want to know uh, whether you're in the truth, if you're in a church, if you want to know if you're in the truth or not, to, listen, the Bible says you will know them by their fruit. If you're going to a church and, and, and listen, you want to know whether it's of God or not, let me just ask you this. First of all, it must be, you must be baptized in Jesus' name, so if they're not doing that, they're wrong. Secondly, you must be, I mean, you must be baptized First, you must be baptized specifically in Jesus' name, and the Holy Ghost must be there. Praise God. So listen, you need to start looking for signs. Are there signs following? Because he said, Go ye therefore and preach the gospel unto all creatures, and, and he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned, and these signs shall follow them that believe. So my, my question is this, and this is how I gauge I gauge what uh, uh, what a church is doing. And listen, are there signs following what they believe? Are there signs following? Are they casting out devils? Are they healing the sick? Are there people being healed? Are there being are there moves of the Holy Ghost? Not just people claiming this or that. Not just a bunch of singing and and worshiping and praise and stuff like that. Is there signs following? Because listen, the Bible says over in Matt, in Mark sixteen and twenty, and they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. So understand, if there are no signs following, there's another message that I preach. It's called, What Are You Following and What's Following You? That's another tape that you need to get. Listen, these, <laughs> there's got to be some signs following. If you are walking in the will of God, if you are walking in the Spirit, there's going to be some evidence of it. Listen, a picture's worth a thousand words. You can tell me this and tell me that. You can tell me how, what a great Christian you are. I want to see the fruits. I'm not talking about a, a church full of people. I'm not talking about being able to put head counts in the pew. I'm not talking about how much offering you take up every week. What I'm talking about, hey, show me some evidence that you got the Holy Ghost. Show me some evidence, uh, praise God, that the power of God is with you. Listen, I, I have uh, laid my hands on, I, the Lord gave me the gift of healing many years ago. And, and I tell you what, as long as I keep myself walking in his will and I try to keep myself submitted and surrendered before him, the Lord uses me. And there is evidence in my ministry. There is evidence and works going on in my ministry. And when I lay hands on people according to the word of God and, and I anoint them with oil out of the horn of oil, we anoint out of a horn of oil in this church. People are healed and they're, and they're healed every time, praise God. And, and so it's because... It's because the Holy Ghost is with me. The anointing is on me because I try to keep myself in the, in the right place with God. Does it mean I, ever, I please Him with everything I do? No, I make mistakes sometimes. I'm human just like you are. But understand, listen, this David did too, but he was a man after God's own heart. He was a man that loved God. He was the apple of God's eye. Though he made mistakes, he was quick to repent. He was quick to see his error, and he was quick to try to turn and go right and get himself right and try to get himself lined back up with God. And that's why he was the apple of God's eye. That's why he bared such a powerful anointing. Praise God. Listen, Paul, 
who was the greatest apostle that ever lived, was also one of the, he was a Christian killing maniac before Jesus got a hold of him. But what made Paul so powerful? Paul was a good soldier. The Lord just got him fighting on the right side. Paul was a man of conviction. He was a man that stood by what he believed, and he stood on it with everything he had. That's what I'm calling you to do. That's what the Lord's calling you to do today is to stop, turn around right now, and you stand on what God said in his word. And if you'll surrender yourself, submit yourself, and give yourself wholly and completely to him and to the doctrine and to the word of God, hallelujah, go down in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, get filled with the Holy Ghost, praise God, and I mean let God start building the kingdom in you, hallelujah. I'm telling you right now, for those of you listening by this tape, the Lord is trying to take you to a higher place. The Lord is trying to take you into a new walk. God is trying to take you to another level. I would encourage you to contact me. If you have any questions, please contact me. I would love to give you some information. would love to, to minister to you any way that I can. And if you have questions, I want you to call me or write to me to Pastor Hoffman, H-O-F-F-M-A-N, at P.O. Box 923, Tomball, T-O-M-B-A-L-L, one word, Tomball, Texas, 77375. That's P.O. Box 923, Tomball, Texas, 77375. There are many tapes that, uh, that I would love to see each and every one of you get. Uh, our tapes are $4 a piece, and that's just to cover uh, the shipping, and that's to cover the, uh, the making of them. Uh, and, and, you know, it costs money to make those things. And, and, so, uh, and we try to make them uh, as, as, uh, as much as we can, and we try to get the word out. Listen, if you don't have the money, don't worry about it. Call us, and we'll send it anyway. I don't want any kind of money to hold you back from hearing what God would uh, speak to you. So don't, uh, don't concern yourself with that. If you have it, praise the Lord. Give it cheerfully unto the Lord. And we will further the, the, the tape ministry that those that don't have it can get it. And Listen, if you don't have the money, don't worry about it. Just call us anyway. The number is 713-882-3855. 882-3855. Air code 713. Call us and we will be glad to get you these tapes out. May God richly bless you. May he open your understanding. May he take you to that next level, praise God, in him. And I, I just thank you so much for your listening to, to this word today. May God richly bless you and keep you. Father, I ask you right now, Lord, to, uh, to bless these folks that have listened to this message. Hallelujah. And Lord, I ask you to just, oh God, let this word to have found a lodging place in every heart. Master, I ask you, oh God... Lord, to put your hand upon the lives of the listeners, God, and help them, Jesus, Lord, to, uh, Lord, to be enlightened by this message and help them, oh God, I pray, to, grow, to draw closer each and every day to you, Lord, and to, Lord, to be sensitive to your voice and to your will. God, help them to grow in every way. Bless them in a mighty way today, and I thank you and praise you for it. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name, praise God. Amen and amen. Lord bless you. Have a great and wonderful day. Don't forget to pray for me. Don't forget to pray for your family and yourself. Hallelujah. Lord bless you in Jesus' name.